Well, I'd like to say good morning to each and every one of you this morning. You're all welcome to be here. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 12 in the garden. To the garden alone. While the dew is still on the roses early, early in the morning, the first thing in our life is meet Jesus Christ in our day. 
should be immediately when we wake up in the morning that is our thought to come to him. And the voice I hear, he says, falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. He will disclose his words, his work to us and show us how he'd have for us to live our life and what he has in store for us each day if we'll just communicate with him. And it's a wonderful opportunity that we have to be able to do that. It's a wonderful opportunity to know that Jesus Christ is there and we can reach him through prayer. And he and the Father know all about us and they know all that we need. And he will give us everything that we need here in this life. It may not be what we think we need, but it'll be what we can use to secure eternal life through Jesus Christ. What a wonderful opportunity we have to all come out here this morning and fellowship together to see our friends and to be able to discourse on the Word of God and to be able to hear and listen and then be able to take it home with us and to be able to use it throughout the week, the words that He has given to or He will give to us to encourage us in His Word and to show us the power of God that He has to give to all of those that are subject to Him. The power of God to be able to overcome all things. The power of God so that we can see victory. And it's all written here in this book of how we should be able to accomplish these things. But it all depends upon us accepting Jesus Christ, believing in Him, full faith, and, remi- and remission of our sins by repentance and by by being baptized and to be able then to see victory and to go straight forward. And I want us to keep that in mind this morning as we start out this service and be able to understand what he'd have for us to do and to go and be at one with him. I want to read some today of get turned here to Luke. We'll begin reading there. It's in the fifteenth chapter of Luke. Most of this chapter is words that our Lord spoke in parables, so that we might be able to understand what he would have and how his work is taken care of here upon the earth. But we'll start reading this morning the first verse there of the 15th chapter of Luke. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Now I want you to listen at that. Here was people that were looked down upon by the Jews and by the self-righteous people there in that day. 
And I don't want that to be anything in our life here. But we should look upon this. But look what he said. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Why did Jesus Christ come here to the earth? He came here to save sinners. Each and every one of us are in and was in a lost condition. Just as these Pharisees and the scribes here that he was talking about, and just as these publicans and sinners, all of them, each and every one of them was in a lost condition. But Jesus Christ said, I came here for the sins of the whole world. And he was drawing these people near to him. And I want His Word to draw each and every one of us here today closer to Him and to know that we have had sin in our lives just like these people, but if we will draw near to Him, He says, I will draw near to you. I will overcome your sin. I will take those sins away. And you can be forgiven for your sins. That's what He has told us and He will do. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying... Now here's what he had to say. He wanted to just tell them about what was, what was happening here. He says, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth he not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Now Jesus could look around and He could see all the people here that were lost. He knew that these publicans and these sinners, He knew that the Pharisees and the scribes there that were murmuring against Him, He says they were lost. But they looked upon themselves as being self-righteous. And what He was just telling them, He says, look around you. If there's a man here, a shepherd, and he has a hundred sheep there, But he looks around and he finds one of them is lost. What will that good shepherd do? He is going to go and try to find him. He is going to go and do whatever he can to find it. And when he hath found it, he left it on his shoulders rejoicing. And that's what he was doing here with these publicans and these sinners there that was there. That he'd come to hear his word. Come to hear the marvelous words of God of how we could have power over it. How we could be forgiven of our sins. And I hope that's what you've come out here today for. It's how that we can draw closer to him. What man of you having that hundred sheep. If he lose one of them. And this is the love that God had for all of us. That if there is one sinner that can be saved. The blood of Jesus Christ is there. That will do it if we will just repent and put our full faith and trust in Him. And when He had found it, He laid it on His shoulders, rejoicing. And when He cometh home, He calleth together His friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with Me, for I have found the sheep which was lost. And that's what He sees these Self-righteous people, these people that looked upon themselves, the Pharisees as a very strict group of the Jews in that day that looked upon it as how that they were following God in that day. And he was just telling them, he says, you ought to be glad to see someone 
understand and know about what God would have to be done here upon the earth. And he says, I am just showing you there. When he cometh home and calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep which was lost. And friends, that's where I want each and every one of us to be today. That we're rejoicing over anyone. It doesn't matter who it might be, where they come from, what they look like or what. If they are going to, can receive the word of Jesus Christ and repent of their sins and not be lost, eternally lost. Let's be joyous in that and rejoice with the angels in heaven over one sinner that repents. I say unto you likewise, joy, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Look at what, how, what a joyous occasion that it is there. For someone to accept the word of Jesus Christ. And some of these Pharisees there, they may have been walking right up with the law in their day. But there was a new work beginning. And Jesus wanted them to understand it. And he wanted them to understand that whoever it might be, sinners, publicans, does not matter. If they repent of their sins and they come into me, they come into that new Jerusalem through the door, the door of Jesus Christ, they shall be saved, he says. I am the door, I am the way. And all that try to come up some other way, he said, are thieves and robbers, but all that come in through him will have eternal life. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. I want you to think a little bit about what this is really meaning also. He sees either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. In our homes, in our families, in our friends, do you see something lost? Is there someone there that is needing your prayer is there someone there that is needing your encouragement? Are you seeking that they may be able to find that? Are you wanting to do as this woman and as this man that went and he, he lost that sheep, but he was seeking diligently for it? And the woman that lost a piece of silver it was very important. Do you think anybody's soul is important? Do you think someone's soul that you might see that is in a lost condition is it important enough to you to go out and to help and to seek and to encourage? He says when they find it, they rejoice 
And if you can help someone to find their way spiritually, what great rejoicing it is for you. And what great rejoicing it is for the angels in heaven to see someone has found their way that was lost. And he said a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Now I want you to look what he did. This, this father, he had probably great possessions it looked like. His sons had worked with him and they had accumulated things there. And here one of the younger, the younger of the two sons came to him. He had decided he wanted to live a different life. He didn't want to stay there with the father and live the life that the father had been showing him how and, and how they had been living there. And he went to him and he says, Give me the portion of goods that I have worked for this, all this time. The things that you owe me, my inheritance maybe or whatever. But listen to what he said, And he divided unto them his living. I don't believe that he just gave it to the one that was wanting it. I believe that he gave the goods there to both of his sons. He divided his living, it says, unto them. Both of them. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance in riotous living. It's kind of like this, the way I look at it, that we come up through and we can be in a family, whatever it might be, in a family and trying to be trained properly. But when we get to be a certain age, we decide, I want to go out into the world. I don't like this lifestyle. I want to go and to live a worldly lifestyle. I want to enjoy the wages of sin, is what he says. Because that's what I look upon this that this young man had done. He decided, I'm going to take my life and I'm going to go. And all that my father has given me, I'm going to go and I'm going to really live it up. That's kind of the way it would be in our day. And he took all that, that his father had given him. And he wasted it, it says. Wasted it, his substance, in riotous living. In sin. And we can see that and how easy that can happen in our life with us if we aren't careful. That all the wonderful things that God has given to us to use here upon the earth. Are we going to use that to draw closer to Him? Or are we going to use it in riotous living in a more worldly attitude? And going out here after the lust of the flesh. That was what this young man did. He took all that he had. And pretty soon it was gone. He had nothing of this world. When at one time he was there in his father's house and had all that he needed. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. 
different circumstances came along. And we can see that in our day. Maybe things look, along, look like they're going good and people are doing well financially and they just take all that and they don't use it properly and they just waste it. And then something comes, comes along in a downturn in the economy and they don't have the proper means to even be able to live a good life, a life that they should be able to live. And notice what was taking place here. He had wasted all that he had. Now comes along a famine in the land where things are not good naturally. And this young man began to really be at want. He didn't have enough to do anything. Didn't have enough food. Didn't have a place to live. And he went and joined himself. To a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. A very, about the lowest position that he could have in that day. Here was this young man, maybe Christ was a Jew. The Jews there looked upon the swine was an unclean animal. And here this man, all that he could do was to go out into the field. And feed this unclean animal to him. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. But no man gave unto him. He was extremely hungry. Even with what he was doing there. He would just have eaten the stuff that the hogs or the swine was eating. If it had been given to him. But no man would even give him that. They didn't care for him. He left a place that was, he was cared for greatly. Jesus Christ cares for each and every one of us today. Will you go away? Will you go back into that house that you came out of where he can have nothing else to do with you? Will you put yourself in a position like this young man did? We had to really get down. And that's what each and every one of us have to do. We've got to get just like this young man here that will read and see that we have wasted everything and that we cannot do it on our own. There is nothing that we can do to secure eternal life on our own. It all has to come through faith and in the blood of Jesus Christ. And when he had spent all and there rose a great famine in the land, he began to be in want. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread and enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. And he could think about what he had left. He could think about his father's home and the love that he had there. And he says, even the servants there have all that they need. And I am here perishing with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say unto my father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And that friend, now here is where we have to get to. We've got to get to 
this point in our life to where we see that we are in a lost condition and the only way of salvation is by doing just what he says. I will arise and go to the Father. I will arise and go to the Father, God the Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord and tell him I have sinned against heaven. I am a sinner and before thee and I need help. I can do nothing without you. That's what he had made up his mind that he was going back to his father and tell him. Even though I asked for these things, I have been living in this lifestyle. I cannot go on. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Just make me one of thy hired servants. Now this would look at where he was and how low he had gotten. And he said, God, just father... Just make me like one of your hired servants. I'm not worthy to be a son. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The father seeing him a great way off. And the father knows all about what is in your mind and in my mind today and where we are spiritually and he can see, and, it, and when he sees us get in that repentant situation, he is ready then to come, even though we might be a way off from him, far from him. He is ready then to come to us. And just as he said, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and killed him, kissed him. He kissed him with that great love. And that is just what our Father will do for us today. And the Son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy Son. But the Father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. And wouldn't that be wonderful when we see and know that there is someone that has gone off and got off of that straight and narrow path. But now he has come to their senses and they're there ready to be reinstated back to where they were by repenting. And that's what he had done. He repented of his sins. I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, he said, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the Father said unto him, to his servants. The father just said to the servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hands and shoes on his feet. Now that's what the father will be telling the son today. When he sees our repentant heart and he sees us repenting just as this man did, he will be telling him, bring them forth. 
Forgive them their sins. Put that robe of righteousness upon them. And that ring of eternal salvation upon their hand. And shoes that they may be able to walk wherever I see fit. And bring Heather the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And he began to be merry and they began to be merry. Now listen to what was taking place. You see what a wonderful and joyous occasion this was and what a wonderful and joyous occasion it can be when we see somebody be able to receive that new birth, that new spirit. It is a sad occasion to me to see anyone when I see them going away from the truths of God. When I see them making a decision such as, as this young man made there, And see them start going more into a worldly lifestyle. It is a sad occasion to me. But wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to be able to see them. And to know. That. If. They would just repent. But the father said to servants. Bring forth the best robe and put it on them. That was what the father was saying to them. For my son was dead and was alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. Now just look, here was the other son that had stayed right there with him with his father and when he came to the house he heard the commotion that was going on the joyous celebration that was happening and he called one of his servants and asked what do these things mean what is it what is going on here I don't know anything that has happened where there would be such a joyous occasion of music and dancing and all these things taking place here in my father's house. He called one of the servants that had been there. And he said unto him, the servant said unto the brother, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. It was a joyous occasion to the Father. And as the Lord has said in these parables here, that it is a joyful occasion to the angels in heaven. It is a wonderful and joyous occasion for that. Just to be called. That he was home. He had come back and he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and entreated him. 
And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. What is it in our life? And he answered. Now listen. He was angry. He was angry because his, his brother had been found. Because his brother had come back home. Isn't that a really a self-righteous way of looking at something today? Would you be angry when you have seen maybe someone that had been living in sin, but see somebody turn from their sinful way? Would that make you angry? Because they have been able to receive that new birth? But that was what was going on here. And as soon as thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed the fa- him, the fatted calf. As soon as this thy son was come, this is what you've done. And he was angry about it. And he said unto him, now this is what the father said to the son that was angry. Son, Thou art ever with me. You've been with me all the way along. You have been here and you have been able to enjoy all that I have and all that I have given to you. And thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine. And that's the way it is. It's been all with you. You've been able to have it all. And each and every one of us, if we have been able to receive that new birth and maybe have been living in, in righteousness for many years, we've had all that the Father has had to offer, has been given to us. Would it make you angry to see someone, a vile sinner, receive that new birth? It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Where is our soul today? Where is our mind? What is is it that we want in life today? Who do you look upon in these characters here that we are reading about? Where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as two young men or two people working in the work? And one go astray. One loses interest. And the other continue. Do you see yourself as the Father maybe never giving up, never stopping praying for the one that went away and the one that is there? And all that is there, all that you have, the one that continued on, He is able to use it.
do you see yourself as one that has come back? And is there at the foot of the cross asking for forgiveness? And do you see yourself as the Father that said, Son, thou art ever with me. All that I have is thine. And it was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive. Again, and was lost and is found. That would be such a wonderful and joyous occasion to be able to see someone repent. Someone to start on that journey to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior there's so many parables that the Lord taught about throughout this entire book so that we could understand things closer and, and better and the way I look at this is just something that we can understand that he is there with that reached out hand to anyone that will repent of their sins. He is there to all of those that truly has a desire and wants to know what Jesus Christ can do for us, do for you. He is there. And He is willing to make it whole for you. He died on that cross so that you could be made whole and see victory. It's what I want to see is victory in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Not just that I want to see victory in whatever He has to give to us here in this life. I want to read a little bit here. read a little bit in Titus here. This will be in the second chapter of Titus. Paul is writing to this young man and just giving him instructions about how that he would have for him to live his life and to encourage others. And that's what I want to be doing today is encouraging each and every one of you. But Paul just said, he said, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. 
Now that's what we should be striving in everything that we do, that we should be speaking sound doctrine of God the Father and Jesus Christ to each and every one of us so that we might walk close to Him. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged men, women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Now this is, he's talking here about just as that father had been there that we had just read about of how that he had lived and he had taught. Whether or not people then are going to adhere to it, that's between them and God. But this is the way we need to be living our lives. Older men and older women, young men, whatever. He goes through all of these things here of how we should live our life. Be sober, the aged men. Be sober, grave, temperate. Sound in faith, in charity, in patience. Fathers, grandfathers, is that what you are setting the example of today? Are you a sober in the work? Are you sound in the faith of Jesus Christ, in the faith of God? Are your works founded upon the rock? Are they founded upon the words of Jesus Christ? Are they founded upon the truths of Jesus Christ? The aged women, likewise, he says, that you live in the same way. And that they be in behavior as becoming holiness. Is that what your behavior is today? Is that what it shows? Not false accusers? Not given to much wine. Teachers of good things. That's the aged women. That you need to be setting this example. Teachers of good things. And what is good here upon the earth? The Word of God. That should be on our mind. That is what we should be teaching. That the young, that they which teach the Young women to be sober, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now that's saying a lot there. He's talking to all of us. He's starting out with the older men. Then he comes to the older women. Then he comes on down to the young women of how that the older women should be teaching the young women by setting the right example and by in their homes teaching them that these words and these things to be sober-minded... I don't think that he's just talking about being sober from alcoholic beverages or drugs or whatever. Yes, that is a big deal of it because he even told the other women there to not be given to much wine. And they used wine more in those days for their drink. And it, you could do those things and it was good as long as they did not 
overindulge in it to where they were not sober in their mind, they were drunken, and were not able to conduct themselves in the way that they should. That they may teach the young women to be sober. To be wise is what that really means. To be wise. To be spiritually wise. To love their husbands. To love their children. And to love their children so that they are going to want to help them and to train them and nurture them in the way that God would have it to be done. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, not being busybody that you've got to be running out and doing things, but your job is to be there raising the family, training them in the way. That is the first and most important thing for a mother to do, is her family. Serving God. And if she's serving Him right, she's going to be just as it is. She's going to love her husband. She's going to love her children. And she's going to be obedient to the husband. She's going to be keepers at home doing the things that should be done to train her family in the way that God would have it to be done. That the Word of God be not blasphemed. Now that's a pretty strong message there. He's saying that you need to do these things because this is the Word of God. If you are not following this, you are blaspheming the Word of God is what Paul was telling him. He says you need to teach this. And I, need, I know that we need to be like-minded and we need to look upon these things in our day. Young men also exhort to be sober-minded, to be wise, to be discreet. In their, in their dealings, in their actions, and whatever. He says, young men, I want you likewise. I want you to encourage them to be just like what I have told for the older men and the older women and the, and the mothers and the wives. He says, I want you to be that same way. Have that wise mind, that discreet mind to serve the Lord. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. In doctrine, and what I look at that is that's in the work of the Lord here upon the earth. In the work of the Lord, he says, be of sound speech. But first of all, let's go back to that seventh verse. Showing thyself a pattern of good works. Is that in our life, young men? That we're showing that we are walking close to the Lord and that we are not out here seeing how worldly we can get. But in our life, is how can I have good works in me. And there's only one way of that. And that's letting the Spirit of the Holy Ghost direct you. Then you can have those good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity and sincerity. Knowing the doctrine and the truths of Jesus Christ. 
And not showing any corruptness in that. Not showing any wavering. But living in accordance to the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Not a, some doctrine that man has gotten up. But by the doctrine of what he has here in this book. Now I know that just as Paul was here and instructing this young man. He will have people here and he has people upon the earth today instructing his people and helping them to understand his word that he will work through. And it was, and Paul was saying, now speak these things which become sound doctrine so that people will understand them and be able to live in accordance with this doctrine. And that's exactly what my job is to do today. Is to speak these things so that you can understand it. And that we will live our life in accordance with how Jesus Christ would have us to live that life. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorrupted and gravity and sin. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. Now, how is it when you're out just in your daily walk? Is your speech, the things that you say, is it stuff that God is not going to condemn in you? He knows your heart. He knows all about what is going on, your thoughts. Is that sound speech coming from you? Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters. Encourage servants that was working or that was a slave there. He says encourage them to be obedient to their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not purloined, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. In all things. And let's just look at that not as a servant, as a slave, but let's just look at it as we are an employee or whatever to people. Let's just be obedient in everything as long as it does not go against our conscience. Be obedient. And going out here and doing well in everything that we do. Showing all good fidelity. That they adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Now, is your works or your speech or your actions, everything, is it adorning the doctrine of God? Does it adorn that? Is that in your life? Is that what is showing up in everything you do? The doctrine of God our Savior in all things. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. The grace of God that brings forth that salvation. Salvation. Do you understand and know what salvation is? Eternal life. When it is finished. Salvation is what we receive. In that new birth. That eternal life. 
For the grace of God, the power of God, the love of God, brings salvation. And it has appeared in the form of Jesus Christ. It has appeared in the form of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, the new birth. To all men that accept Him. To all men that repent. And can bring forth salvation into you. To your life. And what does it do? Listen. He says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. Now let's go back and let's see now. Aged men, he says, be sober. What does he say over here? What that salvation does. That salvation, that grace of God. For the grace of God teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly. It's the only way we can do it. Righteously and godly. In this present world, in this present world of wickedness, in this present world that we see evil all around us, in this present world where Satan is there constantly trying to just put something out to you and just put out little small things that you might accept them. And he gets you to accept it this time, and then the next time it's not quite so hard to accept. And then after a while, it's just that you are accepting evil and thinking that you're accepting good. Because he, is, he can make himself look like an angel of light. And he will be right there teaching you what is almost right. But the grace of God, he says it will teach you this, how to, un, to deny ungodliness how to deny Satan and how to deny and how to put away the worldly lust that is so rampant throughout the world today and how then we should live soberly we should live righteously we should live wisely we should live discreetly in the word of God And that's what he says, how we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world, in this present evil world. You can live like that. There is no excuse. Oh, we can make all kind of excuses. We can come up with all kind of things of why we feel like we need to do different from what the Lord is showing us or has shown us how we need to live our life. We can make all kind of excuses of how we want to dress and where we want to go. But if we will do what He is saying here, if we will live here, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. The grace of God. And when that appears unto you in the form of that new birth, then you are that new creature. Then 
You can deny those things. You have power of God over that uncleanliness, over the worldly sinful lust. And you can then live, and then only can you live righteously and godly. But it has to start from the bottom. With repenting. Faith in Jesus Christ and repenting. And then it grows. Just as it comes out, that root there is in that good soil. And it starts to grow and it brings forth that plant. And that plant is nurtured by the, the good nurtures, nurturance in that ground. And it continues to grow. And if it's a tree, it continues to grow up a tree, a beautiful tree. And that tree puts on the leaves and the branches. And it comes on and that's what righteousness will do to someone that has that new birth. It will just be flourishing up in them continuously. And they will be able to bring forth the fruits of righteousness. And that is the only way. That tree is alive. And you must be alive spiritually. From the root all the way to bringing forth the fruit. You must be alive. And then you can do just what he says. In this present world of evilness, you can deny it. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Is that what we are really looking for today? I want us to have, I want every one of you to just stop and think. Am I really looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ? Is that what you are looking for in your life? Is that what you want above all other things? Do you see how wretched and miserable and poor and blind that you are without that? And that you're lost. But he's just telling us how wonderful. And he was teaching, telling this man to speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. And the things that we have read here today and talked about will teach you the sound doctrines of Jesus Christ. And how you can see victory. And that's the only way. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Are you a part of that? Do you want to be a part of that? And yes, people can look around and say, oh, now you're just saying that you're just a special group of people. I am saying His people, the people of Jesus Christ, are a special people. They are a peculiar people. And I can be a part, I am a part of it, and you can be a part of it. And I'm not ashamed of that. And I want us all to understand that. 
Listen, he said, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity. He didn't say for part of your sins. Doesn't matter how sinful you've been, friend. He says He can save you from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. That you are zealous of it. You are constantly reminded of I need to be doing good works by letting the Spirit of the Holy Ghost overcome evil in me. That is how you do it. That's how you can be zealous of those good works. You can go out here and try to do it all on your own and you can try and you can do all the good works that you think you can do and go to hell. But if you will let that do what He says, that you are redeemed, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people. Now, that comes only through the blood of Jesus. And now you are part of that special group that has the power of God in you. And then you can be zealous doing good works by the power of God. And there is nothing wrong with that. If it is not in you, there is something wrong with you. If you do not have that special power that He is offering to you today. He says, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority let no man despise you. And that's what I want to do right here today. Is speak these things and exhort, encourage you in this. And rebuke sin in whoever it might be. With all the authority of God. Because I know that that's the authority that He has entrusted here into my hands today. To teach and to preach His Word with all His authority and all His power. And it's available to each and every one that want it. And I encourage you to seek Him because He is there waiting and He will give it to you, every one of you. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. To just be ready whatever He asks us to do. Naturally whatever. To speak evil of no man. To be no brawlers, but gentle. Showing all meekness unto all man. For we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lust and pleasures, and living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. And I know just as Paul said that, for we ourselves were sometimes in that. I know that, that was in each and every one of us at some time. I know that was in my life. But I know that I have been able to have power over that. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. He says, now don't speak evil of others. But all of these things are there. But after that the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared. 
Now after that, Jesus Christ appeared here on the earth, not by works of righteousness which we have done. He has appeared into us. And that good works can appear into us not by righteousness which we have done ourselves. But according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. He saved us by the washing away our sins. Making that defiled garment that we had on clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. That being justified by His grace. I'm sorry, let's read that six. Which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. If that Holy Ghost is shed upon you abundantly, you will be walking as a special group of people. There is no question about it. That being justified by His grace, not by your good works that you've tried to do, but by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, we should be made heirs Heirs, a son of God that we read and talked about last week. Be a son of God according to the hope of eternal life. Friends, listen. Agree with Him. This is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Why would he tell here, why would he tell these people that it's good for the righteous to maintain good works if, if your works has nothing to do with it? It's the works that's done in your, your body by the Spirit of God to maintain those by maintaining. By staying under this body is what Paul said. Bringing it into the subjection of God by using the power of God to overcome sin. That's what Paul's saying. And that's how that you can maintain that they which have believed in God might be careful, careful in everything that we do to maintain good works, to not let Satan steal in a march upon them, careful to use the power of God to overcome Satan in everything, to use that power to get the lust out of our flesh, to be able to maintain the good works of the Spirit. These things are good and profitable unto men. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Avoid those type things. Avoid it today. There was quite all kinds of things that people were wanting to bring up about the law and all manner of things that we some of the things like we were reading about earlier there, how the Pharisees and what they had to say and the scribes. 
and the Sadducees, all of those people. But he said, avoid that type thing. Just keep your mind focused on what he says here. Not by works of righteousness which you have done, but according to his mercy, according to the mercy of God, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost in you which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord that died on that cross that you can have salvation today. That's for each and every one of us, my friends. Let's listen carefully and continue on in his word. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works, that, that these things are good and profitable unto men. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. I'm going to go back up to that seventh verse. That being justified by His grace, justified by the grace of God, and by the blood of Jesus Christ, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Isn't that something we can think about? For every one of us that's here today, we can be an heir of eternal life. Don't let Satan deceive you. Don't let him carry you away. Knowing that he that is such is subverted. I've skipped the verse there. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject. Knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth and con- being condemned of himself. When I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychicus, be diligent to come unto me to Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. Bring Zenus the lawyer and, and Apollos on their journey diligently, that nothing be wanted unto them. He's just encouraging them to help others. Bring them on their journey. And let us also... Learn to maintain good works for necessary uses that they may not be unfruitful. Now that's what I want us all to remember. Let and let ours also learn, all of us learn, to maintain good works for necessary uses for the uses to overcome Satan. That they be not unfruitful. I want to be fruitful. I want again to have that spiritual life of mine rooted rooted in that spirit of the Holy Ghost. That's where I want it rooted. And let it flourish. Let it bring forth that tree. Let it bring forth the branches. Let it bring forth the fruits of righteousness. And that's what he's saying there. And let us 
ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful. I want to be fruitful in the work. All that are with me salute thee. Greet them that love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. Finish up. Paul finished this little letter. Encouraging him. He says, grace. Greet them that love us in the faith. And I want to greet every one of you today in the faith of Jesus Christ. And grace, the power and love of God, be with you all. Amen. I want to read just a verse here. I'm reminded here. To read that, I think it's in I'm going to read this, these verses here. He says, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. This is in the 11th chapter. You don't have to turn there. I'm only going to read a verse or two. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the words have been spoken today. And if you've got those spiritual ears, you'll hear. And you will move up. But listen to what he said. He says, But whereunto shall I liken this generation? Who is this generation like? It is likened to children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you and you have not lamented. Is that in our life today? Jesus was talking and telling these people in that day how that what had taken place, and he says, This is how this generation is. I don't want to be like that. And I'm not going to be like that. When his word comes to us, I'm going to accept it and I'm going to listen. And I'm going to follow him. Because I know that that's what he's asking for us all. Just as he was telling their Titus to go and to tell these people, to preach these things to them. So that they would accept it. His word was there. They piped unto us. His word has been spoken. Are you going to believe? Are you going to listen? Are you going to be like the children sitting there in the market? They were there. They heard the music. They did not get up and dance. I want to hear the music. And I want to be ready to dance. I want to hear His cry. And I want to lament my undone condition. If that's what it takes. And see victory. 
That's what it's about, is victory for each and every one of us. Not to condemn you just to, because He wants to cast you into outer darkness. He wants to condemn our evil ways now so that we can, there can be great rejoicing in heaven over our repentance. And there can be great rejoicing with the righteous here upon the earth. I want to see you in joy. I want to see you in peace. And I want to see you on the other side in victory. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 316. Jesus saves. And I know that for a fact. Number 316. Jesus saves.
I present you to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ and in the name of the Holy Ghost. And may the Lord receive. Jesus saves. What a wonderful song. What a wonderful thing to think about. Shout salvation, full and free. Highest hills and deepest caves. This, our song of victory. Shout salvation. That Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. We have heard the joyful sound. Believe. I'd like tomorrow night to hear at 8 o'clock... I would like to meet with all of the adult members of the church. The adult members of the church, I'd like to meet with you here. There's several things that I feel like that we need to discuss. Um, so with the adult members of the church, we'll meet here at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the wonderful words of exhortation that you gave to us today. And I beg that it falls on each and every one's ears that hears this message and it pricks their heart that they are willing to just put it into your hands. And to let you direct you, direct them into eternal life through you. And to be able to have that power over Satan. To be able to know you and to know your spirit in us. And to use it in every situation that we, we need it. It is there for us. Just thank you for all you've done, God. Thank you for your son. And we beg that you be with us in the upcoming days. That you strengthen us. And help us to encourage one another with your word. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.